Welcome, everybody, to yet another episode of Work Stoppage. I'm your host, John, and I'm joined by my co-host, Lena. Hello. And just a quick reminder before we get into the show, if you want to help support us, you can go to patreon.com slash workstoppage and get twice as many episodes a month for only $5. You can also leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you want to help the show a little bit more. And don't forget to join the Discord. We'll make sure to leave a link in the show description. Oh gosh, you know what I'm re- remembering? I didn't put the memes from last from last weekend. I'm gonna have to do both of them. I'm gonna be working double time today. That's okay. Double time. That's what I'm fucking talking about. Hey, you know, that just means that the people who join up the Discord after listening to this episode will get a double dose of the memes <laughs> that we're ready to bring to them. So, yeah. Uh, speaking of double doses, we have a little bit of an update for you. Uh, it seems that some workers who are organized uh, and and work at the ShopRite chain of stores uh, in the UK have won a uh, have won a, a battle to get back pay for hazard pay. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, basically, there are a bunch of people in this. I, I'm pretty sure it's like a grocery store chain of sorts. Right. Um, there are 1,300 ShopRite employees, though. It does. Um, the article that we're reading says that there are technically like up to what 74,000 and then 52,000 whatever those two numbers added together right. are um who might also be benefit from this um deal but uh they, the funny thing is is this article seems like really cool everybody loves back pay now uh the back <laughs> Hell pay yeah. the, uh, uh, the back pay is $1 per hour worked between July 26th and August 22nd for all employees who remain employed as of December 5th. It's very okay. weird stipulations. Like I, I think it's so it's probably uh, it, in, like I said, this, I looked at a couple other articles. There's not in a huge amount of details, but it looks like the company basically uh, told people they were getting hazard pay and then uh, didn't give it to them or, or shorted oh. a huge amount of workers and right. so their union, uh, because they have a union, uh, was fighting with the the company, the sh- the Shoprite company, to get their um, their unpaid wages back. Um, now, whether or not this is uh, like, I-, I think that there probably isn't actual hazard pay happening right now. Um, one of the other. Um, Com- uh, companies that is kind of related to this hazard pay update is um, is a, a grocery uh, store called Sobeys in Canada, and they actually are reinstating their hazard pay, but only because the regions that they are involved in have gone on lockdown. They oh, really? actually stop that. That that is the metric that they're using, and it's and it's starting to make sense to me. I was like, wait a minute, we're still in the pandemic. Why did hazard pay stop? It's because there's not some sort of government mandate out there being like some sort of existential crisis for, uh, for them. Because if they're the only workers out there, then they have to be getting hazard pay. It's not actually about being in hazardous situations. It's about quelling labor's discontent. Yeah. Um, well, and it's about doing something that the other laborers aren't expected to do, right? Like hazard pay is like saying, oh, you're facing a hazard that not everybody is facing when in reality, like what hazard pay should be is just like you're you are dealing with 
a much more dangerous situation than you normally would be. But, you know, that's not the way that employers want to think about it because employers want to pay as little hazard pay as possible. I remember when I was getting hazard pay right after coming back from right at the beginning of the the coronavirus thing when work shut down for a few months they brought us back and they gave us hazard pay for like three weeks and then they were like okay that dried up mayor wolf says we're or governor wolf says we're not uh we're not in the red phase anymore so no more hazard pay yeah and and like with the number of days of this shop right um back pay uh, thing. Assuming the workers are full time, this is a one dollar per hour over the period of slightly less than a month. So let's uh, four, eight, twelve, sixteen hundred hours or sixteen. Yes, I mean one hundred and sixty hours. Yeah. And so that's one hundred and sixty dollars per person. Not that that it doesn't rock to have an extra one hundred and sixty bucks. Although it's not extra, it's actually owed. Right. Um, 160 bucks, which is, in my opinion, a much lower estimate than what's actually owed. But uh, that is not a huge amount. And uh, likewise, we're going to cover Amazon just slightly in here, is they are doing holiday pay in order to compensate for the fact that they stopped doing hazard pay. Right Now, for their full-time, quote, frontline workers for the holidays, they're getting $300. And the reason why I know some of these um, math... Um, problems because i sat there and did them like so what is three hundred dollars uh at the, it's supposed to be um compensating for two dollar hazard pay well if you're a full-time worker that is about one month worth of hazard pay so instead right. of paying you hazard pay through the pandemic they pay you one month worth of hazard pay as a holiday bonus so not only do they not have to give you a holiday bonus but they get to say that they're covering their hazard pay obligation right this and is just like another version of like oh you want health care how about a pizza party instead yeah exactly and and part-time workers at amazon are getting 150 which is half obviously so it's half right. as much work they get it, it, it's really it's really crazy and then um in the uk back in the uk um is the numbers are 400 and 200 so slightly more um but still definitely not enough to compensate for the fact that they've been fucking over these workers for months Right. Well, and also in comparison to how much money Amazon is making right now, like the single most profitable company in the world that only got more profitable during the entire pandemic, the whole COVID lockdown and everything. Uh, I see in the notes here that it says Amazon expects to, revenues to exceed $100 billion for the first time in the fourth quarter. $100 billion. The fourth that's a tenth quarter. of a trillion. Yeah, that's, that's not, not even in a whole the year. year. <laughs> that's only three months. That's not even a whole lockdown. That's like a third of the lockdown that we've yeah. endured right now. Uh, yeah. And and they made $100 billion. Like when we talk about the deficit and we talk about like astronomical fi figures, like trillions of dollars, and you're like, oh, how could we ever put a dent in trillion dollar figures? It's like $100 billion at a time would be a great way to start. But, yeah. you know, and all this wealth just goes to one man or like a small cohort of executives. It doesn't yeah. actually help the, the country. And just to be thorough on this reporting, uh, I did mention Sobeys in Canada. Um, their hazard pay is going to be between 10 and and $100 per week. Um, and that is going to be better. just during the duration of the lockdown, though. So, I mean, it, it does seem better because if they do, if a, like a full-time employee is getting $100 per week, that is the entire, um, like, 
Well, I guess, I don't know. It seems kind of equivalent to the Amazon UK holiday bonuses. Uh, kind except of. Except for maybe, I don't know if any of this is converted for um, different sorts of um, currencies. So, because everything right. just uses the, uses the dollar signs in here, and, and it's probably all pre-converted. But it, it, I mean, it just sucks. It, it it sucks that we have to look at something like four hundred dollars of hazard or holiday pay, or like the this Canadian system of a hundred dollars per week, and be like, that's better. That's better than what we have in the United States because the United States is like so fucking pathetic that if you use it as a benchmark for the treatment of workers, like literally every other you know, developed, like, imperial Western nation treats their workers better than the United States. And that's not even to get into, like, the our, our standing with the rest of the world. But uh, another yeah. element of this ShopRite, uh, this, this ShopRite hazard pay thing is 13,000 employees in Connecticut, right? So they apparently announced this deal. The United Food and Commercial Workers International Union uh, Mm -hmm. announced it late Wednesday, which was yesterday, uh, as of the time of recording. And the agreement with ShopRite also covers more than 74,000 workers in New York and more than 52,000 in New Jersey. So this reporting is a little confusing, but it seems like potentially like over 125,000 Americans might benefit from this labor ruling. Yeah, that's the. I think I was I was trying to get at that earlier. Is that I'm I'm not entirely clear on if these are these people also getting that, uh, what is it, hundred and fifty dollars, hundred and sixty dollars. Um, I mean, I hope so. I mean, that would be a considerable amount of money. Right. Uh, I. But. Um. I, I mean, I it would mean a lot more clear. if it was. It would mean a lot more if it was available to these, you know, hundred and twenty-five thousand odd workers instead of just the thirteen k. Uh, that happened yeah. to be in Connecticut, but either way, uh, lots of props to these workers for being organized and for for getting something done in a very tangible manner, even if it is yeah. only a hundred and sixty dollars in the pockets of some workers. Like that can go a really long way, especially at the beginning of winter. Yeah. So um, let's keep this kind of like um, international news trend going. Definitely, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about a general strike. That's General right. General strike. <laughs> General strike. The magic words for this show, really. So uh, you might know if, if you're active on like left Twitter or whatever, over a quarter billion people all went on strike in India at the same time. And that's like over two thirds of the U.S. population, over 250 million people. And there have been periodic strikes and protests like this throughout Modi's administration broadly because Modi is like a far right uh nationalist administration quasi fascist administration uh and and you might remember i think this was even just a year or so ago not that long before our show uh got started that there was a there was one of these as well shortly before the pandemic hit and you know everybody on on in leftist circles and stuff kind of applauds these and then i think they're like oh but then everything goes back to normal in india right like but then nothing happens and it's like well no you know all of the actions that have been happening up to this one have built up a really high level of social organization worker solidarity class awareness you know class education stuff like that throughout the working class and other classes in india and so the apparently this most recent general strike converged with a march that was launched by a broad group of farmers organizations all planning to descend on the capital of Delhi 
And then in response to this, the government was like, okay, well, if you want to have your protest slash strike, whatever, uh, here's a state designated area where you can go to to have this. And some people did, but m- almost everyone was like, no, fuck you. We're going to do this the way that we want to. And they have yeah. put so much pressure on the government that they've actually agreed to start meeting with farm union leaders. Uh, yeah. And protesters are just like, we're going to keep camping right here at the border until our demands are met. So that's right. amazing. Yeah, this is, I think this is a really great example of how uh, like nothing would have happened electorally. Like this is this only right. could have come to pass with through a mass movement by getting a lot of people engaged and disrupting the system. To I'm pretty sure they even shut down some public roadways at, at, in some ways. Um, yep. I think that 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 is a really great tactic. I mean, like people on the right or or people who don't understand the way that protests work love to. Um, hate on road blocking but you know what really gets people's attention having to stop on the interstate yeah uh, absolutely i mean and, that shit makes it to local news right away right like you think about it oh yeah half of local news is being like i'm up on the chopper i-245 is congested all the way for like 40 miles and it's like yeah that's you want to get on the news block up a road you know make it hard for people to get home Exactly, because what you're doing specifically there is you're disrupting capital. They need to. They need right. everybody to keep moving in order to keep spending money and 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 keep perpetuating the system that's going on. And I think that it's very important to stop the system in any way that you can, because that's the way that you can flex your power. And these right. workers, this these 250 million people, have have done that to a point where they're getting. Like actually, representative rep- getting some represent representation from this neo-fascist government. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, just in this article that I was looking at, I was looking at one from People's Dispatch and also a write-up in Jacobin. And in the the People's Dispatch article, they they listed just like, and they had photos of all this stuff happening along with each of these bullet points. It said. Trade unionists blockaded the National Highway 31, a major roadway that connects Kolkata uh, to the rest of the state of West Bengal. Nice. The blockade of key railway lines was also witnessed in major cities across India. And then they showed a blockade in Kolkata, refineries in Assam, the northeastern state rich in oil and natural gas reserves, was, were shut down by the strike. Police in the city of Haryana had to detain participants of the protest rally on their way to the national capital uh, in Delhi. Delhi's two neighboring states of Haryana and Uttar Pradesh coordinated attempts with the Delhi police to prevent protesters from entering the capital. And then eventually they forced the Delhi police to blockade the uh, Haryana-Delhi border. And like that is a that's a response for like, you know, a a one day. Was this like a two day action? A one day action? Yeah, I don't even think that they... I, I think that, you know, maybe they forced it from like a upholding the fascist state kind of uh, right. mentality because that's what the cops do. But um, honestly, I, I don't know a ton about the geography of India, but uh, if you look at any of these photos that are kind of being referenced here is uh, some of them are literally people carrying communist flags. Yes. Like, yeah. like this. In fact, the the union movement in India has a very strong uh, communist uh, orientation. Which yep. I there's think a, there's is awesome. a very there's a very active um, anarcho syndicalist uh, component in the union organizing that takes place in India, and then there's also, I believe, a very very active Maoist party there that pursues uh, mass line politics that also lends a lot of support to the yeah. labor unions. So that's really really cool. 
especially to see something like that happen. The, the Naxalite movement, the the indigenous yes. Naxalite movement. And I mean, it's so it's so cool to see that happening in India, especially because India is, you know, it's not a one to one like comparison to the United States, but it is like a very, very large economy in terms of the global economy. It's the most populous country in the world and it's very, very fascist. So to see something like this happening in India really gives me hope for what the potentials might eventually look like uh, in the United States because, you know, they shut down Kolkata and Mumbai and a big chunk of Delhi. Like these are the biggest cities in the most populous nation in the world this is a huge deal and you just don't see reporting on it the way that you would even see like if just a bunch of nurses went on strike in not that like nurses going on strike is anything to sneeze at but this is 250 million people and it's not getting any fucking coverage right it's it's really you're what you're saying is uh you know this this uh 600 person protest is getting tons of recognition because uh you know they can they can spin it uh, around COVID and get the link right. uh, get the clicks based on that, but they cannot get clicks based on uh, 250 million people shutting down roads because what they're doing is they're fighting fascism and they don't yeah. want to say that there are a bunch of people doing that because the uh, media are actually out there trying to manufacture consent for like the Modi government and and other sorts of neo-fascists that are in power especially around the world and in India. Uh yep. so there's no reason for them to report based on making sure that they checked a box. In fact, uh we we have two different um articles in here. Uh the Jacobin one being a, a little bit more thorough, but still uh like I've I didn't look at a ton of other articles, but I'm guessing the reporting on this is pretty minimal. Well, I mean, there's a reason that we had to go to, not that I don't prefer to go to like, you know, vaguely left, leftward leaning news organizations. I do, but there's a, there's also a reason that when I was looking for info on this, the only websites that I could find doing halfway decent reporting on it were like Jacobin and a, a fairly small independent workers publication. And that was it. Um, I mean, there, there are plenty of other people writing up stuff about this, but like, if you read the fucking Bloomberg articles or the Business Insider articles, they all they do is talk about the I- industries that are going to get disrupted by this <laughs> and how it's going to affect like price futures for and like you know linens in the United States. The, those two hundred and fifty million people need to start getting along with their bosses. That's right. <laughs> what if India was uh, more like a family, you know, and the workers could feel connected to their bosses because it was like a father figure. Um, no, but I mean, you know, mad props to everybody in India, mad props to all of these like 250 million people participating in this, the potential for these kinds of like truly grand scale mass movements do exist. This is a thing that can happen and it doesn't just have to happen in the particular conditions of India. You know, I'm sure there are things that contributed to this that aren't present in the United States or other places, but we need to find our own conditions that can lead to this kind of thing happening and you know i'm not an accelerationist i don't think you should make things worse for people so that they have to organize but whatever you can find that does set people up to be better organized is is really important to do i think that the system is fairly ripe for it as it is there's enough things out there for people to organize around that like 
it it really just depends on how you're able to talk to people. I mean, like, do you mm-hmm. know what where your neighbors work? Do you know like <laughs> like like because I I've been talking to some of my neighbors. I know that my next door neighbors are both factory workers, and they're right. like asking me to make them masks and stuff like that because they've actually they didn't have a mask mandate at their workforce until like a month ago. Damn. I mean, they're they said that they're they aren't are not like side by side with plexiglass things like um in the art from last week but right. but still pretty intense stuff um still in international news uh we have the spanish labor union taking legal action against amazon for hiring pinkertons this to rules. infiltrate a strike uh this, this is this great. rules so much yeah, I, I love uh, this it looks like amazon is about to face a court battle with the largest spanish workers union over a report that said private investigators were hired specifically to infiltrate and secretly surveil a strike outside of one of its warehouses so it uh, appears allegedly private spies subcontracted by pinkerton agency a firm that amazon employs infiltrated and photographed a worker strike at a warehouse near barcelona spain on black friday in 2019 so this incident is a year old uh, according to a spanish media outlet the spies compiled a 51 page document which included photos of trade unionists workers and journalists who attended the strike and then that document was eventually obtained by the spanish news site el diario yeah the i don't strike- want to i don't want to interrupt for too long but i just want to point out how fucking ridiculous it re- how fucking ridiculous it is that they're still using the name pinkerton i know right <laughs> they couldn't drop the name Oh my God! How many other companies have rebranded, and and the Pinkertons can't change their fucking name? Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the the strike that was happening at this um, Barcelona warehouse was part of a broader freight workers' strike in the province of Catalonia, and it seems that according to a November report, uh, Amazon has repeatedly used. Pinkerton spies to track warehouse workers and labor movements. So the Spanish Labor Union, CCOO, I don't know what, exactly what it stands for, but I did... Oh, here, I actually have that information. So the largest labor union, CCOO, which is also roughly translates to the Workers' Commission, uh, is the largest labor union in Spain and was organized in the 1960s by the Communist Party of Spain and workers' groups that were... Roman Catholic and their affiliation to fight against Franco. And now what this this union is doing, uh, this last Tuesday, announced that it planned to bring legal action against Amazon. Rick, Ricard Bellera, CCOO's Secretary for Work and Economy in Catalonia, told Business Insider that their union asked a judge to seize both the 51-page report covered by El Diario and any documents showing any agreement between Castor and Pollux, that's the the Pinkerton subcontractor, and Amazon. Fuck yeah. Actually, I I think that this is really great. When we were facing union busting uh, in my my workplace uh, a long time ago, we Uh had a lot of issues with secret documents uh, that were being used against the union. And if we had been able to get a legal precedent to to get those documents it would have made a lot a big difference because for right. one some of the things they were using were straight up illegal like like literally getting people to sign anti-union pledges on the clock and shit like that that's um, fucked yeah so yeah. i i'm glad that they're um, able to like get this information like ripped out of the hands of those fucking pinkertons 
Hell yeah. I mean, the official statement from CCOO says that, uh, quote, CCOO wants to know if Amazon carried out, through a contracted company, exhaustive monitoring of people, photographs, and prepared reports of workers and trade unionists of CCOO. The union will assess with its legal services the filing of a criminal lawsuit against Amazon. And then uh, it also says here in the article that it added that if the report is proved true, it would mean Amazon broke Spain's constitutional laws on right to assembly and data privacy. So this is a really big fish kind of moment for unions going after Amazon and could possibly set a precedent for them to be, uh, you know, criminally charged this way in other countries. Wow. That would be so awesome. I mean, to, to see actual, like see Amazon basically get held accountable for something like that. I don't know if, um, so is it just that there does, do we know if this particular Amazon branch has a union? Are they actually represented by CCOO? Yeah, I think that they're they're uh, if they have a union, their union is like a, a member union of CCOO okay. or or leans on them for support. I'm not a hundred percent sure how it works in Spain, uh, but yeah. I know that they have significantly more protections than we do here in the United States, for instance. That's amazing. We we definitely would love to see that here in the United States. I mean, mm-hmm. I bet that we I bet this sort of thing is going on. In fact, I think we've even reported basically the the people who are doing this sort of thing is ever they just would not get caught here in the United States. Um, no, it would just seem like business as usual. Like nobody would even look at it twice. And I mean, it, this isn't the first time Amazon has done stuff like this. In 2019, uh, Motherboard reported that Pinkerton agents were deployed inside a warehouse in Poland to investigate whether management was coaching candidates on how to complete job interviews. Uh, and, you know, Amazon has come under fire. Uh, other big tech companies have come under fire for doing weird shit like posting union-busting job ads and, you know, trying to mm-hmm. hire people whose whose job is specifically to work in a certain department and then basically just rat on their fellow employees. So any any blow that we can strike at Amazon is really amazing. And I've said it before, like, Amazon is em- enemy number one, maybe even surpassing the United States government in order right. of importance. Yeah. Um, so I actually I, – I mostly read through these notes when um – when going over this now you read the the actual article the businessinsider.com article did it yes. really though i'm i'm guessing that it really seemed like this is uh this publication like warning amazon that it needs to do a better job at hiring pinkertons or is it actually reporting <laughs> labor news i mean it was kind of a healthy mix i think the fact that business insider is not a spanish publication made it easier for them to be like oh we can give them some of the actual like facts about how all this is going down but i think in a lot of ways you know this coming from a financial publication like it is uh i i do think that it's basically them saying like here's how amazon fucked up and these are the things you want to avoid if you want to do union busting and get away with it uh especially in the in the conclusion of the piece i kind of got that got that impression that that was the tone so you know i mean but that's that's the thing hey hey if you're if you're a leftist if you're an anti-capitalist or if even if you're just a fucking union person and you're trying to get reliable information a lot of times you have to rely on bourgeois outlets and then kind of triangulate what's real and what's supposed to influence your opinion on it uh, kind of after the fact kind of post-mortem yeah, super interesting. I I I hope that um, people are are able to do better analysis on that. Um, you know, 
being able to listen to like when when we're um, hopefully clarifying definitions um, like that whenever an article says farmers will be hurt they mean farm owners and not farm workers exactly things like that um so yeah always be always be reading between the lines especially from uh very biased capitalist news sources Exactly. So, speaking of biased capitalist news sources, we're going to head on back to the United States. That's um, right. So, I think that there's a lot of similarities uh, between international news today and the United States, but uh, and more so that we just are not nearly as organized and don't have as many um, paths to actually making a difference. But uh, we are going to... Uh, Actually, this is kind of just a report on what is going on in labor in the United States. And what the indication is that uh, especially tipped workers are straight up being harassed more around COVID uh, with like creepy old dudes telling uh, women to like take off their masks so they can judge how much they tip them and other sorts of weird sexual harassment. Uh, Lots of uh, there's reporting that in certain uh, work environments that people have to deal with uh, like 30 plus unmasked people per day. Jesus Christ. Like this, we've talked about the, this could almost be in our follow-up because like we've talked about how much the burden of, of protecting yourself is put directly onto the workers and is not actually like supported by the business owners. And even, uh, there, there are some cases, I think, that uh, it said that, um, it said that uh, about a third of, the, of businesses surveyed or people or workers surveyed um, did say that um, pretty much everyone complied with uh, COVID safety standards. But th- that just should let you know that there's 70% about uh, of people that are facing extremely adverse work conditions under this pa- under the pandemic conditions. Yeah, um, I mean, it says here in the article that forty four percent of respondents said that someone at their restaurant contracted COVID, and this is in a survey size of sixteen hundred and seventy five tipped workers in New York, New Jersey, Illinois, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, and Washington D.C. And it said that about 250 of those workers reported a massive uptick in sexual comments from customers, a a substantial portion of which were exactly as you said, Lena, older males asking female service workers to remove their masks so that they could judge their looks and implicitly determine their tips on that basis. And I mean, anybody who's been out to dinner, uh, either at the table or near a table with like an old white dude, especially knows that this is like this is commonplace and this is terrible. Well, and but they the think last it's a thing joke. that we need, they, yeah, they, well, they, they, or, well, they don't think it's a joke. They, they, they yeah, act they, they like they know, it's a joke. They know that they can play it off as a joke, and then the people who are in a social situation with them, like at their table or whatever, won't judge them too harshly. But like, there's a part of everybody that knows when you do something like that. It's like you're you're a bad person. Like fuck you. you Literal don't piece of do scum. That. Yeah, fuck that. That's outrageous. Uh, and so this all comes from a organization called One Fair Wage that apparently conducted this survey, and uh, they also reported that tips are declining during the pandemic. So if you're a server, you know, if you're a hostess, if you're anything in a tipped position, you're dealing with more sexual harassment and more, you know, off-color comments if, you know, whatever you want to call the lighter version of sexual harassment. Essentially. You're still being paid 250 an hour. 
you're still being paid two fifty an hour. You're not making any fucking money, and you're putting your life on the line for a crappy job. Like if if forty percent of people who were surveyed were like, yeah, at least one person at my restaurant has gotten sick from this, then it's like these people are putting their lives on the line to bring you like you know discount appetizers at TGA Fridays or whatever and they're they're literally putting their lives in more danger than like a fucking police officer is or let, oh, let's yeah. pick someone who actually puts their lives in danger like a roofer they're putting their lives in more danger than a yeah. roofer does so yeah. it's incredible uh, i mean i'm very familiar with like like harassment that i've seen in the workplace but mm-hmm. uh, i have not had to work as publicly Besides, I guess I wor- I work at a farm over the over the summer, and uh, most of the the time people would be like, "Do I have to wear a mask?" And I had to be like, "Yes." In fact, I had to sometimes like stop tours entirely until people would put on their masks. And right, um, that was that was in a place where uh where p- compliance was pretty good. I can't imagine being in a workforce like like a TGI Fridays or some shit like that where you are literally dealing with the boomerist uh Xers that exist. Yep. And uh and just like really really like people who like make the word entitled like exist. Like think, Yeah, well I mean like they, shit. I, I, I kind of I don't work a tipped position like I still get a base wage that like is it's not really enough to live on, but it's quote unquote like enough to live on. And uh, I had a, a customer just yesterday who came and got her car. And then when she dropped it off to me, she came right up to me without a fucking mask on or anything. And she was asking me questions like, is this your first job as a valet? I think that you should know that when you see a customer struggling to get into their car, you should offer to help them. And I was like, well, one, I, I didn't say this, but I was like, one, I didn't see you struggling. I didn't know anything was wrong. I thought I just handed you the keys and everything was fine. And two, I'm not going to get in your personal space for anything, not for a job, not for money, not for social currency, nothing. Like I'm not catching fucking COVID to make one random customer feel like the center of the universe for a second. It's not my fucking job and it's certainly not my responsibility. And it's not even that you're being protected or paid enough or even that this person is respecting you enough to actually even merit that sort of um, help. I mean, no, like, yeah. literally walking up to you without a mask, like, seriously, you are literally, like, threatening people. You are threatening people yeah. when you do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just showing that also, I mean, also just showing that you're stupid, right? Like, when you walk up to me without a mask on, like, the first thing I think is, like, oh, get a load of this jackass. Nothing good is going to come out of this person's mouth. Only germs and stupid shit are going to come yeah. out of this person's mouth. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, solidarity to all this, the tipped workers out there. It's incredibly hard right now. I've seen so many, you know, posts and, and you know, stories and stuff over the last, uh, you know, whatever, most of a year that have been like, hey, I'm a server and I live in a house with four other servers and we're all basically unemployed or like woefully underemployed right now and facing eviction and stuff. And like the last thing that you need on top of that is some toothy old dude being like, 
pull your mask down, sweetie, so I can figure if I should give you two or three dollars. Yeah, no, I think that if that is happening in your work conditions, like that business needs to be shut down because clearly the owner or operator of that, uh, I mean, not operator, you're the operator. Uh, clearly the person who is supposed to be in charge of that place is doing right. a terrible job. Because they're not actually out there protecting you. Like, it is their job to make sure you are protected. And when you get your democratic ownership of uh of businesses in the long run, that is going to actually be their job. Like, it's not, you know, uh, like, if they are really good at making sure that this or that is happening that is like some sort of like management position, I mean, they're going to be paid the same as you. And it's going to be their job to tell people to fuck off. Exactly. Exactly. This is why it's important to have an organized workplace. Um, and, you know, this is also why it's important that we we broaden the scope of labor organization in the United States to not just be something that covers unionized workers, but it right. brings rights to all workers. Yeah. And so getting yourself educated on these sort of things is pretty important. And if it's you tantamount. wanted to if you wanted to get educated on this, there is a publisher that's got a lot of great works. Woo, that's Verso right. Books, which We're actually about Verso Books. Yeah, which actually uh, in the United States uh, unionized through the the way that we prefer, the way that I, I I personally have espoused many times on this program through voluntary recognition. That's right, folks. Bow, 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 bow. We got the good <laughs> labor news for you today. I know that yes. labor news can be a little bit disheartening sometimes, especially in the United States. But Verso Books, at least on the face of their company, has always seemed to be as far as companies go, pretty darn good. You know, they publish a lot of radical literature. They publish a lot of cool philosophical stuff that is mostly connected to radical literature in one way or another. They're constantly running sales. They're making a lot of like really, really high order, you know, stuff that would be considered like lofty academic material available and digestible for the average, you know, at home reader. And that's really fucking amazing. And just to put the icing on the cake and, and really put their money where their mouth is, they have voluntarily recognized the union of their employees uh, who, this is who card joined. Check. This is card check. They, this they, is, when we say card check, it is they, the, the employees put together. They said, we want a union. They showed the cards. Uh, I'm guessing the NLRB uh, informed the Verso and Verso said, thumbs up. Let's do Hell it. Hell yeah. That rules. I mean, hey, if if I had published, uh, you know, a bunch of Slavoj Žižek and Frederick Jameson and all that stuff, I would hope that if it came onto my desk, like, hey, are you going to recognize this union? I would have the good sense to be like, well, I kind of feel like I have to. I've basically <laughs> painted myself into a corner here. Right. Um, I mean, they were yeah. unionized in the UK. Uh, right. But this is a new thing for the United States branch of Vercel Books. Yeah, they, they got voluntary recognition from their management to join the Washington Baltimore News Guild, a unit of the News Guild and the CWA, the Communications Workers of America. A petition for the election was filed simultaneously with the initial request for recognition on November 16th. And in the coming weeks, they will begin contract negotiations. So they've been organized for a long time. They've been kind of inching their way towards you know the right moment to establish the union. 
and now they they want to be included in the you know role of shop stewards, a staff guy, de- uh, democratic decision making, salary mm-hmm. banding, all of this really really cool stuff. Um, and it's it's awesome to see that they're doing this not not just in general, but especially now because they had to organize while all working remotely from home. Um, yeah. Which is amazing, which and I know a lot of workers have expressed that working from home difficult. makes it a lot harder to organize. Yeah. yeah, not not because, like, I mean, you can always, like, get your coworker's number and text them and be like, hey, can we talk about a union? But the thing is, is you can't go to the bar and have a, have a couple of drinks and an appetizer and be like, yeah, you know what? Fuck them for this reason or whatever. Exactly. And, uh, and I, I don't think that necessarily that's what uh, they're doing in this Verso situation. Maybe they have, like, decent work conditions, but they want to be making sure that's in contract, making sure that they actually don't have some other boss come in and and rip out their their benefits from under them or or any of the other things that can possibly happen under capitalism yep. uh, so i mean what it says um I, I like this quote here let me just make sure that i can actually read it because ben maybe the editor and current shop steward at verso said uh for 50 years verso books has been leading oh, has been a leading tribune for emancipatory politics in taking this decision to unionize our staff looks to join this storied history marrying radical publishing with organizing and real solidarity with the wider labor movement i I love that Uh, the communication workers of america and the news guild have done particularly dedicated work in bringing some power and democracy to workers in the media and telecommunications so we're especially glad to throw our lot with them throw in our lot with them uh, basically saying you know what we are ready to to hold solidarity with a this this big group of other workers yep yeah and it puts them on equal footing uh, or closer to equal footing with their uk counterparts who are organized with the national union of journalists in london and uh yeah this is just really badass and i don't have a whole lot to say about it except that i'm really glad that we finally got to use this show to bring you like some really unambiguously good news. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it rules. Yeah. What is, so, what what do we do now, John? <laughs> I think we dip back into the horrible hellscape of American labor politics and talk oh, about God. yet another allegation of a major tech giant spying on their workers. So apparently there's an NLRB complaint uh, that recently came out that of against Google? Against Google, this was, I think, what's it, the third today? This was only yesterday that this came out. Against Google, uh, after the investiga- after investigating the firing of several employees last November, the complaint alleges Google violated parts of the National Labor Relations Act by surveilling employees and generally interfered with, restrained, and coerced employees in the exercise of their rights guaranteed by Section 7 of the NLRA. And then the NLRB also alleges that Google discouraged its employees from forming, joining, assisting a union, or engaging in other protected concerted activities. And this complaint, uh, according to Lawrence Berlin, one of the fired Google employees, says this complaint makes clear that workers have the right to speak to issues of ethical business and the composition of management. This is a significant finding at a time when we're seeing the power of a handful of tech billionaires consolidate control over our lives and our society. Workers have the right to speak out Workers have the right to speak out about and organize, as the NLRB is affirming, but we also know that we should not and cannot cleave off ethical concerns about the role management wants to play in that society. Um, 
So there's a there's a long history of various Google employees getting fired or getting kind of otherwise forced out of the work environment for either having affiliations with a possible labor uh, organization, uh, an attempt to build unions, or even just being too chummy with the pro labor people yeah. at work, essentially. I mean, like there there was actually allegations at some point, and I'm sure that this kind of um, works towards the surveillance angle. Is that the people organizing at Google said, "Don't do any organizing documents on Google Docs right. or Google Drive. Like, don't do it because they actually are going to be searching the employees of Google. They're going to be searching their documents on their yep. um, cloud to see if they are organizing." I mean, that surveillance is going to happen. I mean, like, and the thing is, is, like, whether or not it applies as, like, deep surveillance or anything like that, I mean, like, they can just, it can just, like, scroll past a manager and just be like, oh, this person's name and the word union next right. to it. Uh, that person is going to be singled out for disciplinary action later. Um, yep. That person is going to be separated from the people that they've been working with. They're going to be transferred to a new department so that they don't actually have the ability to organize they're going to be fired for no reason at all they're going to like or we're going to drum up some reasons for uh right. to how to fire them and like really all of these tactics are specifically just for union busting they're not interested in workers that are good workers if they're pro-union they don't want good workers they want compliant workers Exactly. They want workers that are willing to toe the line and just keep their head down so that they don't, uh, you know, end up with this sort of retaliation. Yeah. Um, I mean, Google has a long history of doing this kind of stuff. There was something we reported on uh, over a year ago on Beep Beep Lettuce where it was like, if you are a Google employee and you start like a group chat or an email chain with over a hundred people in it, they immediately put you on a list for possible union organizing activity and immediately start targeting you with like disciplinary actions and stuff like that. And then you have yeah. all of this stuff in, from this article where it's like, uh, ex Googlers, Berland and Catherine Spears previously filed a federal complaint with the NLRB arguing Google fired them for organizing, which is a protected activity. In November 2019, Google put Rebecca Rivers and Berlin on leave for allegedly violating company policies. At the time, Google said one had searched for and shared confidential documents that were not pertinent to their job and just like made up some shit about them because in these corporate situations, you know, the, the company holds all the That's cards. That's all they got to do. Yep. And so I mean, then you they have can justify people- a firing with almost anything. Exactly. It, it was a performance issue or whatever. And then you have Google spokespeople like this who, who said in a statement to TechCrunch, Google has always worked to support a culture of internal discussion, and we place immense trust in our employees. Of course, employees have protected labor rights that we strongly support, but we have always taken information security very seriously. We're confident in our decision and legal position. Actions undertaken by the employees at issue were a serious violation of our policies and an unacceptable breach of a trusted responsibility, which is just the corporate version of the federal government being like, this is a national security issue. That means we can do whatever yeah. we want we're confident in our legal position that is not an argument that you should be making exactly. when you're t like really if you have to jump to that argument it means you're doing something fucking wrong like right. i don't think that we're like i i don't think that we're seeing like uh, a huge issue over at verso books with people like 
starting giant pickets. I mean, they wanted a union contract. They just wanted a contract. Now these people are are like being told that no, your your rights are not being violated. Look, this piece of paper says so. Exactly. Exactly. It's like when they said we're confident in our decision and legal position. It's like that the way you phrased that almost like raises more questions than I had before, right? Like knowing that that's your defense is like part of the problem. It's like if you see it's like, like if I you didn't see a guy legally kill that person. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. It's like if you see a guy with a shirt that says like I don't shit myself every day and you'd be like it seems like I wouldn't even have asked you about that if you weren't wearing that shirt. Um, <laughs> yeah, we didn't ask you about your legal position. We asked yeah, we you if you were violating the law, but violating the NLRA, and right. or if this and, is just acceptable behavior in rights. general, right? Like if this yeah. is ethical, moral, something that should be condoned by people uh, yeah. broadly. I don't know. Maybe I'm tired of of like the whole relying on the NLRB and NLRA so often. Oh yeah. Um, I I I have I've been like brainstorming some some other options like a uh, like an L- NLRA but it's actually just a thing that all of the unions agree to. Um, it's a, it's the terms of, of oh. how to how to unionize all all businesses and like basically a, a dual power framework for. Um, I don't know. I'm still brainstorming I mean, some of this. That's stuff. what we need. That's what we really need is like an official benchmark that isn't reliant on the U.S. legal system for its validity. Right, because yeah. that can always be circumvented by people in power. But if you have something that has mass power behind it, the actual power of workers, that can't be circumvented by anything except, you know, the the old tactics of trying to get the workers to turn on each other instead of the boss. So yeah. uh speaking of turning on your boss, how about some memes? That's right. <laughs> that's right. Some memes to read on company time, my friends. And I, I want to bring you one from a, a f- very famous Twitter poster, at Internet Hippo, who delivered unto us recently this absolute barn burner of a tweet, which says, Why are we forcing a single-payer military plan on everyone? There should be a basic military that covers you, and if you want to bomb another country on top of that, you pay for it your, for yourself. It's about <laughs> choice. <laughs> That's hilarious. I, I love, love it. That. I mean, uh, it's... Just, just anything that our tax dollars go towards are essentially all equivalent, right? So why shouldn't we have a say? You yeah. know? Yeah. No. And then this is this is akin to um, other was like uh, it's the who's gonna pay for it? It's like I'm already fucking paying for it. Exactly. I just don't. I don't want to be bombing children in in, in the <laughs> global south. Well, um, I like this one a lot. I'm gonna give this yeah eight unionized workers out of ten. Ooh, I like that. Um. Yeah, I think that I think that is yeah. I'll, I can go eight. I was a little skeptical just because uh, it is just dunking on on the U.S. electoral system, which I think right, is right. Uh, a little it can can be a little played out, but it, it is a little creative the way that it's being done. So you know, actually, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do seven seven unionized workers. But that yeah. sounds good. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, next one is from at not pixie tit. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that username really just makes me want to ask the question, are you Pixie Tit? <laughs> Which I wouldn't have asked before. I'm employed at Starbucks and we live in hell. That's true. 
That, correct. Where, I, yeah. Uh, the word Xmas is banned. We are only allowed to say happy holidays. My coworkers asked a child what Santa would bring her, and a manager overheard. They took him out and shot him in the head. They fucking <laughs> shot him in the head. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that escalated quickly. I love that. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, hey, we've both worked at Starbucks. You know what it's like. If you try and say anything Christmas related to anybody, they pin you up against the wall and threaten you with it, like that James Bond laser that was going to cut that guy in half. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I just, I was actually, I hadn't read this one before I started reading out, <laughs> out loud, which is kind of why you got my reaction in the middle of it. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so uh, for 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 visceral visceral reaction, I I think that uh, I'm definitely gonna have to give it some points for that. Um, and also for shitting on Starbucks because fuck Starbucks. Fuck Starbucks. Um, does feel a little bit uh, pro or a little bit anti-war on Christmas because I actually love the war on Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's really just saying like the war on Christmas isn't really happening. It's which, not real, though. No. Which is a sad truth. I think there should be a war on Christmas. I don't think I should have to spend this much money on my family once a year for no reason at the beginning of winter. Um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, um, so I, don't I know. like that one a lot. I'll, I'll go up to nine, nine unionized you, workers. Wow, I like I it was, that well. That's that's interesting. I am gonna. I was gonna stick to seven. So yeah, I, but I'm, nothing wrong. I with feel that. like sometimes I'm overcritical, but I don't know. Uh, you're just harder to impress. You know. Yeah. Uh, we we can't all be uh, wide-eyed puppies every time we see a new meme. <laughs> that's a. That's a luxury reserved for those of us you who know are scraping what? our last two brain cells together every day. Because, because I because I broke out laughing at the end, I'm going to go up to seven and a half. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Give it a nice point five. Yeah. Well, our next meme, we're getting into a little bit of the old uh, Christmas-themed stuff. I love some Christmas-themed shit. Sleigh bells ring, my friends. But uh, we have Rudolph here. Oh, this is a classic. Uh, yeah, and it just says next to it, deviation from the norm will be punished unless it is exploitable. Which I've always thought, I mean, I've seen this meme before many times, and I've always thought that was just like a really deep thing to say, because growing up, you always think like, oh, these people are so unique. All oh, these celebrities, all these musicians, these actors, whatever. And what it always turns out is that they're unique in a way that's like not threatening to power, and that's why they managed to get so famous and wealthy. Right. Um, so keep yeah. being threatening to power, my friends. Um I'll go down. I'll go down for this one. I'm, I'm gonna give this one a seven. It's a classic. Yeah, I actually, I l I love the classic nature of it. I I sometimes fall prey to a little bit of nostalgia. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I was give... just playing Donkey Kong Country yesterday. There's nothing yeah. wrong with nostalgia implicitly. Yeah. Um, I actually, I think that this is really Im important and will hit a lot of people in ways that like this. This can reach out to normies too. Um, exactly. So I'm I'm actually gonna go all the way up to to eight. I think Fuck that, yeah. Yeah, eight unionized workers. Now, these next ones are um, a little bit more just like bleak capitalist realism, <laughs> um, which the first one is just a photo of someone holding um, an, uh, uh, an envelope with a little note attached to it. Um, it says here that I'm guessing this is like, oh, it actually even has the um, the the um, the com the rental company's address. But um the the note says the stress of covid can be made worse by the holiday season very true 
We hope this one-time offering of a postage-paid envelope to mail your rent check will relieve some of that stress for you. (laughs) Here's a USPS gift card for 30 cents. (laughs) (laughs) I, I was a little awestruck when I first read this one. Just like, I know that times are tough. How would you like a 50 cent discount on your rent? <laughs> I would almost burn it out of principle. Yeah, honestly, at that point, I would just like, I don't know. I, I would figure out a way to use it to light this my landlord's house on fire. In wa- Washington State. Hold on. I'm going to zoom in on this just a yeah, little Bellingham, bit Bellingham, Washington, 98225. Uh, website uh, www.wsarc is that dot com looks like a dot com yeah i think it might be try dot com well, or maybe dot us uh and then uh, if you can find and, it and then i mean like not say like don't harass them no just and send them anyway and anyway next emails <laughs> just send them emails that include very sensual photographs of waluigi and never stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So this is a this is a scab rating meme. We got to rate this on. Scabs. Yeah, we got to rate this out of scabs. I give this six scabs out of ten. It's like it's not the most up. offensive thing you can send somebody, but it it's, is shocking how tone deaf it is. Yeah, I was gonna. I I don't know. I was getting really upset by it because of like <laughs> literally just like a fifty cent discount, as if like it's something to help you out with your with your thousand dollar rent um, right and i was gonna give it nine out of ten scabs what your rent isn't two full-size snickers bars every month <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and in the same in in the same um kind of spirit if we can use that phrase with all of our um holiday cheer coming up uh this is a black friday poster from uh what i can assume is a a mall um, in, in a break room in a mall, it's just in big bold text, it says employees. I'm guessing, you know, they want the employees to read this. And so you go in, you're like, huh, a snack will be provided for you today in the food court in appreciation for all of your hard work. And you're like, yes. oh my God, snack. The, the, we're, I actually follow work snacks by John Paul. Like <laughs> this is, this is going to be great. We're going to get crab on some sort of biscuit and it's going to be. That's right. Yeah, and no, uh, today's What are they giving us, Lena? Are they giving us a a bagel? Are they giving us a piece of pizza? Some lo mein noodles? A banana. Uh, Wait, hold on. Available from 9 a.m. until 7 p.m., 11, 27, 20 only. Damn. I can't believe there's a 14-hour window where I can go get a single banana. (laughs) God, (laughs) what does a banana cost? Like, less than a postage stamp? How much could a (laughs) banana cost? $20? (laughs) How much could a banana cost? A significant chunk of your rent payment? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's actually the as much as a, as much as a postage stamp. That's so fucked. I mean, this one offends me almost more than the postage stamp one. I want to give this like seven scabs. I'm enraged. A banana? Really? A banana? You yeah. You can't like, even order pizza. Order some w- fucking Costco pizza. A large pizza from Costco is ten dollars. Order do it. W- 
Do you know who used bananas to feed people? John Paul and I, when we were running a house venue, when we were making, we were literally putting money to make sure that bands could go from town to town and, yep. and tour. We would go and we would buy bananas because people needed some food during those shows where they were probably having a couple of drinks. And we needed something that wasn't too expensive because we were fucking poor. We fucking had no money, but we wanted to support the community. And so sometimes we would go and get a ton of bananas. I mean, a um, banana is a good snack. If, if if you're low on money and you need something that you know is going to be, you know, vegan and not too many people are allergic to. But, like, if you're a major corporation, just fucking just throw your employees a pizza party already for the love of it's God. The, it says a banana is worse court. than nothing. It says if, in the just food don't court. give me anything. There's a food court. They can literally there's a bunch of kitchens there. There is a yeah. bunch of kitchens in the food court. They can get you actual food they could ah <laughs> yeah i give this seven maybe even eight scabs out of ten this is fucked yeah this you is know driving what me nuts. 10 out of 10 scabs 10 fucking oh. scabs i fucking bow, bow, hate bow, this bow, bow. <laughs> worst meme ever created <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh all right well thank you for being here and listening to us everyone um if you'd like an extra episode uh, well, I guess uh, twice as many episodes per month. Uh, go to patreon.com slash workstoppage. Um, $5 subscription gets you extra episodes. It really helps us out. We're going to be uh, shipping out stickers probably in the new year uh, for all of our patrons, which are super cool designs. And as soon as you become a patron and join our Discord, which uh, should be available in uh, some of the descriptions on our Facebook page or on the pa- uh, the Patreon page itself, um, in the dues payers only channel, you will actually be able to scroll up and see those sticker designs that we are going to be shipping out uh, probably in the new year. Um, follow John at Facebook Villain on Twitter, me at Solidarity B. Uh, check out Beep Beep Lettuce. Give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, follow us. I-, I hear that that's also something that helps us out if we got a bunch yeah. of like... Just hit that little follow button on a bunch of different platforms. Um, We really appreciate it. And we will see you again next week uh, with the Patreon episode. Stay safe out there. This should never hurt. The sound you're about to hear can be devastating to your ear. Listen up! Now hear this. Now hear this. This should never hurt. The sound you're about to hear can be devastating to your ear. You are here. Listen up, man! Here we go. Here. The sounds you're about to hear can be devastating to your ear. You are here. This should never hurt. The sounds you're about to hear can be devastating to your ear. You are here. We hear you.
This should never hurt. 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 This should never hurt.